welcome from Amsterdam, and thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Game Consultant. Your host of today is Reinout. It is Sunday, May the twenty fourth. Welcome to Game Consultant, and starting off with Chris. Chris Reed had um, Career Fest a whole week. He was actually um, busy doing all kinds of interviews, and on Friday I joined his panel. Uh, emerging tech, um, emerging tech in gaming, and um, we talked about um, uh, what the definition is for me. And I actually did discuss um, and, and and told my vision. And it's all about human capital. Uh, goes back actually to to what Kate Edwards was saying uh, a few episodes ago. Um, the people are important, and um, that's exactly what I was actually describing during the panel, where I basically said it's uh, it's the people that drive innovations, and that actually leads to emerging tech. So um, on the blog, I have a link to um, an hour of an interesting panel, and um, funny enough, uh, someone mentioned I was 29 and a half years old. That's, hey... Um, Really happy. Um, anyways, uh, today I have Ali, and he's from uh, Iceland, uh, has moved about eight years ago to the US. He's a venture partner of Makers Fund and an investor himself. And, and we talked more about himself, um, how is he looking at gaming, how is he looking at COVID, these kind of things, and, 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 and well, pitch decks. Um, how should you actually uh, uh, create a pitch deck and, 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 and how is he looking at pitch decks? So that interview. And then funny enough, um, Joachim also has a very interesting item in. That's actually the, the perfect pitch deck for gaming studios. So all in all, I think uh, a fun episode. Um, got some people that said, hey, sometimes it's a little bit too long. So then we have to listen it in two, three uh, parts. So um I'm trying to keep it shorter today and see if that works. Um, and if I have very long interviews the next time, uh, thank you, Oliver, for your advice. I'm going to cut them in two, and then uh, you can listen it over two episodes. Because I know you all are busy and, um, well, talking about keeping it short. Let's continue. So today, as I said, Chris uh, normally is discussing and rethinks uh, all the stuff about esports, but you know he had an extreme heavy week, so we decided to do his uh, item on Wednesday. Um, so then, um, but Joachim, I think uh, you got something very interesting. Let's do this. Thanks, Reinout. Hi, it's Joakim Makren from Elite Game Developers here. You might have heard me on previous podcasts of Rhinouts, and uh, in in these snippets, I want to cover the the newsletter that we send out every week, the Elite Game Developers news. So we sent out one on Friday where we were covering topics from this week, and one of the most interesting ones was uh, Ilya's deck that he shared on LinkedIn on the perfect games company pitch deck. So he shared that uh, on LinkedIn because he he wanted to give out some kind of like good template for startups 
to see what is useful, what kind of information you should have. So I, I wanted to, in this week's newsletter, highlight all the different slides from Ilya's deck, like how do you bring up the founders, how do you talk about the team and the hiring plan, uh, your titles, what's coming up next, the new game, a competitor analysis. I think this was probably the most important slide of the whole deck, uh, which was the competitor analysis bit. Uh, you can check it out if you go to elitegamedevelopers.com slash blog, and you can find uh, this week's newsletter there under EGD News. And the number is 30, which was the 30th email that we've sent out. And this week we also did a few webinars. So uh, we had the recording from Sophie Wu's uh, webinar on working from home coming out. Uh, you can look up the, the video there. And also we had a, a webinar with with Nick Murray on long-term engagement in hybrid casual games, if you think about games like Archero. So check out that video. We had a really interesting discussion there. And also we put out a, a blog article this week on how do you pitch investors over video calls, which is a totally new format. You can't really go to conferences anymore and meet up with investors because you, you need to embrace the new format that's coming up now. And also, we had an interesting podcast on the Elite Game Developers podcast this week on uh, looking inside the gaming VC's brain. We cover different topics there, so listen to that episode to, to know more. And that's it for this week, guys. Stay safe and stay well. Thanks, Joachim, and interesting as always. And uh, happy birthday for your missus. Enjoy the Sunday. Um, so now we're continuing with the interview. Um, Ali, as they call him, all about investing in games. So sit down, relax, and listen to what he has to say. Um, some very interesting thoughts. And man, oh man, this man has really built up a CV. Um, just listen. Hope you enjoy it. Today, an interview. And uh, as you all know, I always have the challenge. I'm getting people from all across the world. And today it's someone originally from Iceland. So the first name, I actually do get it. It's Ali. And then we're going to go to the last name. Artrasen. And uh, I came close, I hope. Um, so Ali is a venture partner with Makers Fund. And uh, as you already know, um, it's an interesting time for gaming. Gaming and funding. Um, we have actually addressed it in the beginning of where COVID started. Lots of people that were out fundraising and suddenly saw lots of declines or let's take it over, uh, pick it up on five, six weeks, which, well, it has already been almost three, yeah, three months um, so uh, today we, we actually wanted to know a little bit more about how it is investing in gaming, pitch decks, um, how should you address um, the vision, the mission of a company, how do investors actually like to be approached, uh, the cold calling versus get the right intro, all these kind of things. But first of all, welcome uh, Ali in uh, my podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
could you say a little bit more about your backgrounds and 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 Actually, you moved from Iceland to the U.S. now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, just to get the name uh, part out of the uh, other way. <laughs> so my full name is actually Alalstein Runar Ottarsson. And, yeah, and so nobody can pronounce that. So uh, I go by Ali, uh, which is yeah. the nickname that I had growing up in the hillborough of Reykjavik, Iceland. Reykjavik. That I can say. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so uh, I cut my teeth in the uh, gaming industry for uh, a company called CCP, uh, which yeah. is in Iceland. CCP, they are the makers of EVE Online. And I was fortunate enough to be part of the original team that launched EVE in 2003, which is a while back. Uh, they celebrated the uh yeah 17th birthday of eve earlier this year and yeah, yeah. Uh, after after launch we had kind of moderate success uh with uh, with the game and were able to to grow the company uh, a little bit and uh, uh i i was originally a, a programmer and uh but not a very good one and so uh uh, as we grew, I hired a, a good friend of mine into the company to help me with uh, some of the programming that I had been doing. And uh, after about two weeks, uh, he he put his hand on my shoulder and looked me very deeply in the eyes and said, Ali, you have to stop programming. You're making it worse. <laughs> and, Honest. <laughs> yes. Nice. Uh, and so so I did, and uh, and that was uh, uh, that was uh, uh, very good advice, and uh, and uh, I started uh, focused just more on on management uh, and leadership. I did uh, project and program management within our kind of like engineering department, and then I led the transition for the company to cross-functional agile and Scrum type of uh, activities in. Uh, in 2008-9, uh, and then the company grew even further. We had offices established in the US, in China, and in the UK. Uh, and, uh, and my role became very focused around not only production within EVE, but across uh, the company as a whole. Um, and then uh, around the same time, um, in 2009, uh, League of Legends uh, came out and yeah. uh, and shortly thereafter, I started uh, meeting people from 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 Riot at uh, at uh, uh, events and conferences, and uh, and we we engaged in in kind of like sharing knowledge sharing and practices. Um, and at that time, there weren't many companies that were doing free to play, uh, direct to consumer. Uh, it was it was basically just CCP. Wargaming and Riot, I think, for for a while, and uh, and so uh, so we had some back and forth uh, over a couple of years, and then ultimately the the conversation turned to uh, me uh, joining Riot uh, and moving to Los Angeles, which I ultimately did in 2012. Yeah, and then uh, and then I uh, I worked on on League of Legends as the development director on on League uh, and uh, and built up a a team of development managers and development directors that uh, uh, that uh, were in charge of that for both League and other other game endeavors at at Riot, and alongside that started to to my first, second, uh, and third kind of like angel investments in, in video games. And uh, the first investment that I did 
was actually uh, this same uh, friend who had originally told me to stop programming. He <laughs> he went out uh, and and founded a company in Berlin as uh, as uh, as a, a CTO. And um, and and after that, been going at it for a while. Uh, I mustered the courage to 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 invest in them a little bit, and uh, and uh, and that has been going uh, well f- uh, for them. And uh, and the company has 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 flourished and, and and taken subsequent investment from very impressive investors. And yeah. uh, and uh, but then I got kind of like the the the. <laughs> the bug, the appetite for yeah, this activity. Like, like, you yeah. know, it's, it's really engaging and rewarding yeah. to, to do the combo of investing and advising. And, uh, and, uh, and, and since then I've, I've, I've been slowly, but surely kind of like building my, my personal, uh, uh, angel investment portfolio. And many of those companies I advise either formally or, or, or informally, um, and then uh, last year, I decided to just, you know, do that uh, more full time. And uh, and today, I I I am solely focused on on startups, startup investing, angel investing, and advising. And then I more recently have picked up the a role with Makers Fund, uh, which for those who know, Makers Fund is a is a gaming or entertainment. Uh, interactive entertainment focused fund that predominantly invests in gaming or gaming related endeavors as a venture yeah. partner. Yeah. So that, that is actually, um, they quote unquote use you to have the eyes and ears in the market. Yeah. So uh, I basically, for them, I do three things. Uh, I, uh, I help with uh, sourcing uh, both uh, here locally in the States and also through my network. Uh, I help uh, with the, you know, the due diligence process and engage with companies as, as, uh, as we are uh, going through those types of uh, activities. And then uh, for companies that we invest in, I also do help the companies in our portfolio with uh, portfolio support, uh, selective companies, of course, because yeah. uh, makers have invested in, in quite a lot of companies in the few years yeah. that they've been out. <laughs> yeah, that's nicely said. Starting off with a, with a really um, interesting question. Have you ever got a pitch deck where you wondered like, no, and eventually invested uh how, yes um the reason why yeah. I, I ask is like oh, people always talk about the perfect pitch deck yeah I, I i don't believe in it i mean yes i believe that you 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 write something from the heart and i i personally rather see pitch decks that don't have the right design or whatsoever but it, what what the, the contents yeah so, and you read it yeah yeah i think i think for me it's not really like you know you get a pitch deck and it's like you know, and your response is is well. Uh, I often get uh, get approached with pitch decks that are intentionally are in the shape, and like you know, and the request is more, "Hey, can you help me with this with this pitch deck?" And that's what, how I start to engage with 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 founders, and and in at least two of those cases, I've ended up making a personal investment as well. Yeah. So. Bottom line, it, it the, the the contents do get your interest, and then. Through that, you're basically diving in deeper and get to learn the people, the product, 
yes. eventually get a deck out of that that is basically yeah. <laughs> quote unquote your own deck. But then you, you believe. Yeah, but I, I think it's I mean a pit stacks are still important, right? And so I, I yeah. do I do get across uh, a handful of, of not great pit stacks and and uh, and the the reason that they're important is just like you really want to limit the reasons for investors to to say no. You just need to take yeah. as many reasons off the table, and the, a bad pit stack is one of the first reasons just to say no, right? So, uh, so <laughs> yeah, therefore, yeah. Uh, having you know, it, you don't need to get to the perfect pit stack, but you you certainly can't have just a a, a, a rubbish one either. Yeah. What kind of tips would you have then? I mean, if if if, if yeah, you see pitch decks all over the place, and, and obviously it starts with 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 the founders, and and it ends with the, the amount of money they're looking for. But ideally, what 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 would you like to learn from initially from from uh, someone that is raising money? Yeah, I think um, I think the most uh, uh, kind of like missed attribute are two things. It's uh, being very clear on on how your game or product is going to differentiate, um, in in especially for games, there uh, there are just a lot of offerings in most genres, and yeah. if you're not you know crisp on the differentiating factors, um, uh, that that can be a detractor. And then uh, and then the second thing is just having some clarity around. Uh, your kind of like where you are in terms of fundraising and what your fundraising strategy is going going yeah. forward, and uh, and sometimes you have to kind of like go through three or four slides to to kind of like uh, uh, attach the, the 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 goal, the roadmap, and the fundraising kind of like uh, approach, uh, and 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 you know making those things succinct and come together is is, is certainly helpful. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, uh, funding. I mean that that's in a way uh, people start to to have a party when when they've raised it. But effect, yeah, effectively, the work starts then. I mean, you just got uh, a pile of money, and someone expects that you return. What are what are the expectations actually? If if let's say you would invest five hundred k in a company, what is the expectation from an early investor? Um, yeah, so uh, I think that depends on 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 uh, a lot of different factors. Uh, but I think uh, in venture, uh, all of the investments that are taken in a in a kind of like portfolio approach, uh, like the each investment needs to have some sort of outsized potential. And so, yeah. um, so five hundred. I mean, it's hard to say for five hundred k. It yeah. depends if it's like you know <laughs> on what stage uh, it is uh, uh, per se, um, but expectations are high, and so and, and that's why only uh, uh, you know a, f- a handful of companies that that do get looked at do get invested in. Yeah, yeah. Because for for an angel investor, it's different than for a Series A or uh, a Series B. Right. But is is is, is there a sort of a, a um, yeah, and a, a formula to it for people to to keep an eye on because they always say like, hey, don't don't put your valuation too high in the beginning because otherwise it might be difficult later on to raise for a normal value. Um, and I hear a lot of investors say, well, the money 
uh, that you're going to make or the, the paper money that you're going to make is really in, in, in Series A, Series B and, uh, and later. I mean, uh, look at the absolute amount of money that you're worth instead of percentage. I mean, but are there formulas that you guys keep in mind when you invest? Uh, in terms of return? Yeah, I mean, there. I wouldn't say that they're formulas, but they're certainly benchmarks or comparables. Uh, but I, as a, if I were to give advice to to founders, I would not necessarily focus too much on that uh, from the get go, but also be open to just engaging in that uh, with your investors, right? And so, yeah. and uh, um, and in recent years, especially in gaming. Uh, the landscape has been very founder friendly and all of the uh, uh, investors that are uh, focused on 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 games uh, are more than like, you know, I, I think that they also uh, see that in their interest to just really work on on the like, you know, current and future fundraising with their founders. Uh, and yeah. uh, and if you come in uh, a bit off of that, you know, you know, don't don't uh, necessarily dig too deep into those things and just be open to 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 collaborate uh, on, on that. Yeah. Get the money and, and start building the company further. Yes. And uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, 220. I mean, um, as I expected, uh, it, it was going to be an interesting year. A couple of episodes ago, um, I had Sergey, um, who has as a hobby to, to keep track of all the uh, M&A stuff. And so Q1 was a good year. Um, I had uh, Richard from Edison Group, European uh, Video Games, also looks bright. But I also said, uh, yeah, well, when, when we launched the reports, that was just before COVID hit us. So what can we expect this year? Valuations under pressure, less investments. What is your take on that? So I think uh, I think that will come naturally in terms of, uh, or speaking to the valuations under pressure. I think that you know, in across gaming, um, uh, from what I see is that uh, that there's still a lot of activity, and 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 uh, and even though that there's there's some like pullback, uh, many of the the funds and, and players in the space are still investing and and taking calls and, and making deals and so uh, I I said earlier that the landscape has been very founder friendly uh, I think yeah. that will reduce a little bit uh, I think investors know that they have uh, a little bit more leverage and there is not kind of like uh, as much frenzy uh, which might you know uh, uh, I would say put pressures on valuations but also uh, also just you know, keep more sanity around valuations because uh, certainly uh, uh, there have have been deals that that we've seen that that do go uh, do go very high, and so. Uh, uh, and I think ultimately it will also re- like result in you know a dampening, or there will be less investments because there's just people are taking it a little bit more uh, carefully. But in terms of the yeah. ecosystem. Uh, many of the the gaming funds, uh, and that's certainly true for ours, is that uh, they are heavily invested in uh, by gaming entities or, or or people or or 
uh, or at least within within the gaming space. And so um, so uh, that is all going pretty good so far under COVID. And uh, so there's no kind of like immediate pullback or, or, or things like that that we're seeing. Yeah. So that that is more on the investment side. I mean, uh, we saw some uh, some quite interesting M and A transactions uh, in Q one. Um, so same for that. For for now, uh, we're just gonna live through to twenty people holding the cash uh, in the companies, and maybe to twenty one when it's opening up again. Yeah, I think I, the we're still like in a in an area where where uh, uh, there is a console refresh and pl- platforms are being built and uh, and large uh, tech conglomerate are making larger plays in gaming. I think all of them. So uh, so I wouldn't be surprised uh, if we do see continue to see M and A activities uh, this year that is are fueled just by by that demand uh, on those uh, on those factors. Yeah. Yeah, so companies like Tencent might still be uh, going out there because they need to keep on growing. I mean, what's your take on Tencent in any in, in, in general? I mean, they, they, they seem to be a buying force in, in this industry. I mean, um, they, they, they really have quite a hefty position, I would say. Yes, uh, uh, they they do have a hefty position <laughs> for sure, yeah. uh, and uh, and I mean uh, things seem to be going going good for 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 Tencent and uh, yeah. and they uh, they are seeing good results from from COVID. They're seeing good results, uh, kind of like as China is 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 getting back on uh, back on track. I think yeah. I think just. Generally, what uh, what 2020 is going to to do for the industry is is that uh, it is attracting more people to gaming during COVID for such an extended period of time that it is going to uh, alter or have an impact on people's behavioral patterns um, for the long term, and I think that is going to like be positive for the gaming sector as a whole. And I think Tencent having a very strong position across most, like, you know, almost every fathomable uh, 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 type of, of content that is that is out there certainly has them in a, in a, in a great position. Strange question, maybe. Uh, so here in, in, in Europe, we, uh, we, we give lots of penalties. Uh, I, not that I agree to it, but Google is getting penalized. Uh, Microsoft, when, whenever there is monopoly or, or if they can sort of prove it that there's a monopoly. Do you think that Tencent right now, they can basically buy whatever they want in, in any country? Uh, if something pops up above the radar... Uh, there's always the name, the brand Tencent that might actually acquire it or they're a stakeholder. So what point uh, uh, can they just go on with that? I mean, at one point, it's it's like everyone being attached one way to another to the company Tencent in gaming. Yeah, so it's hard, very hard for me to predict in that, in that <laughs> yeah. uh, specific uh, scenario, but I, I do think that we will continue to see more consolidation generally, uh, and not only with Tencent, but uh, uh, 
but in in terms like i said there are large entities that are more and more more interested in the gaming space and so uh uh and and so i think i think there will continue to be consolidation in that sense and i don't think Tencent will necessarily end up owning everything, or 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 no. or, or being, uh, 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 yeah. And, but I think too dominant. I think they will continue to be very dominant. Uh, but yeah. it's, I mean, it's yeah. I can't really speculate uh, on that specifically. No, no. <laughs> no, it's more like a question: when are they becoming too dominant? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's Tencent all over the place. Uh, they're, they're minority shareholder, and then slowly growing. They take over companies. I mean. So what points uh, um, is that healthy? I mean, should there be another company that is also involved or more companies, but they seem to have uh, very deep pockets? Yeah, it's speculation. I agree. Yeah. I'll leave you with okay. it. Hey, and <laughs> um, going back to yourself, I mean, um, so uh, if, if, if you look at the market, what, what are you searching for for the ideal or what is your sweet spot in terms of investments, the type of companies? And um, as a follow-up question, um, uh, you just explained very well, like, okay, I see a pitch deck that obviously gives me a good reason to reach out to them if I'm interested and then work with them uh, intensively, get to learn them, upgrade or make the presentation better. And then eventually I get to invest. What type of uh, companies would that be that that you're searching for in this market? Yeah, so, uh, and again, uh, reiterating that from my personal standpoint, obviously here is yeah. that uh, the reason that I, I I started doing this is to doing more of this is because I really enjoy this the the, the combo of of investing and and, and advising. So I, I do have a uh, a special eye for like online multiplayer games because I feel that's where I can contribute the most and and be the most helpful in. And so that doesn't mean that uh, that's the only thing that I look at. I've, I, I have personally invested in several mobile companies and, and, and some platform plays as well. And so, but, um, but multiplayer uh, uh, is, is certainly uh, kind of like the things that, that, that I look the most on and uh, uh, doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, PC first. Uh, I think, uh, I think uh, there's uh, there's a lot of kind of MMOs uh, coming out right now. Uh, it's uh, it, there's certainly an MMO resurgence in the startup uh, space. Uh, yeah. Just out of Riot in the two, last two years, there are three companies that uh, are are out and and well funded, uh, making very compelling MMO plays. There are uh, there are a lot of uh, multiplayer games that are taking a more kind of like social aspect to their uh, offering, more kind of like uh, multiplayer PvE um, type things that are that are uh, coming out that are very interesting. And you also see in, in things like Fortnite, where they now have, you know, um, more, they have Party Island that has more kind of like a, of a social aspect to just like hanging out yeah. and being. And I think, you know, all of those things are, 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 are very interested. And, and I, I, I do spend a lot of time just looking at, at MMO or, or multiplayer collaborative or, or multiplayer PVP or, or, or those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. 
Hey, and 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 um, as 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 you invest, are you taking board seats or are you more like, uh, hey, I'm in the background. If you need me, I'm at arm's length. I can help you. I can introduce you. Absolutely, certainly role? the latter, yeah. right? You know, like I said, yeah. I am, uh, I am. I, I try to be as much of an enabler as I can, and uh, and, uh, and and be as helpful as I can uh, when I engage with yeah. the companies that I. Last question. Um, the the obviously you you have been born in Europe and 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 worked there, so you've seen the European landscape. You're now eight years in the US, so the US the US landscape. I mean. Do you see differences and also concerning your investments? Would there be then now more US bound or are you still also looking at Europe? Yes. So I certainly see differences in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, uh, and I think this is very, like, you know, well known and documented that kind of like work culture in America is different than work culture in in Europe, yeah. especially in kind of like the, the, the Northern European countries uh, uh, and you know, I would, I would, uh, I would count uh, count Holland into that uh, category as well. So it's um, so that certainly is different. But in terms of, um, uh, I actually enjoy this stance quite a bit from the investment standpoint because I do get to straddle Europe and America quite a bit. And so, uh, having worked in games in Europe uh, and and relying on a very like ever growing network of uh, of past colleagues that are now all over the place in Europe and then the same here uh, having worked uh, in the states for eight years and uh, and uh, and and having a network of, of of people who I've worked with at riot that are now all over the place here uh, in the US and elsewhere uh, that that leaves me with uh, with a lot of kind of like uh, nodes uh, in in those networks, and it's uh, uh, and it's uh, it's certainly uh, something that that I uh, that I'm very you know keen on looking at uh, things that are happening in Europe, things that are happening in the U.S. Uh, yeah. The difference is, I think um, I think valuations are certainly tougher in. In the U.S., especially here on the West Coast, uh, you know, you see uh, uh, companies that are that are coming out of the gate in kind of like pre-seed or, or seed stages that are raising both uh, higher dollar values at, at higher valuations than than you could see would see in in, in companies coming out of uh, out of Europe. Um, so that's certainly yeah. a, a, a differentiator. Yeah. So the very last, are you playing games yourself? Absolutely. <laughs> What's your favorite now? So right now I'm playing a lot of Valorant, uh, which is a, a game that, uh, that's out uh, from Riot and is currently in beta. Uh, the most recent game that I played came out yesterday and it's called Crucible. And uh, uh, it's uh, Amazon's first kind of like real play um, out of there. Uh -huh. And so uh, I'm only kind of like a couple of hours into it, so uh, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna uh, speak to that specifically, <laughs> right? Yeah. But but yeah. certainly certainly <laughs> yeah. those two two hours have been enjoyable, so I'm gonna keep playing. And uh, uh, yeah, but I, I I do play a lot, and uh, uh, and being in this position also allows you to uh, I, I play a wider variety now 
than uh, than when I was working at CCP or when I was working at, at at Riot. I think more notably, I play way more mobile games. I play more console games. It's there's way more variety. Uh, whereas uh, yeah. as before, uh, I would be more focused on uh, on just like core PC games predominantly. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, the home front kind of like you know uh, varies a bit in appreciation for uh, for yeah. the gaming activities, <laughs> but it's nice to be able yeah. to say that like you know hey it's for work so uh, uh, yeah and then uh, and which is which is mostly true so uh, yeah so uh, so yeah. Yeah, you cut me up on there because that was my next question. Like, okay, uh, well, you have a good excuse, and uh, uh, no, but that, that's good. That's good. Well, I want to. I want to thank you. I mean, uh, there are some very interesting tips for people, and um, uh, for everyone that's listening, I'll, I'll have uh, the link to the LinkedIn profile um, on my blog, so people, uh, if they're interested, they can they can reach out or ask you questions. And um, for now, I want to thank you very much for your time and explanation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, likewise. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So great interview. Um, thanks, Ali, for uh, joining me in this podcast. And um, I got some more investors lined up, so I'm not going to do that every week. Um, so, um, hey, uh, one thing I wanted to mention, obviously, Nordic is coming up uh, this week. So I hope you all registered and uh, I might see you around somewhere in, um, in either panels or at the Discord channel, whatever. Um, hope you enjoy Nordic game, Nordic game online, I should say. So 27, 28 and 29th of May, um, on Tuesday, I actually have, uh, the mobile growth association. They also have an event June the 4th. Uh, I'm talking to the CEO, Jen. Um, so yeah, I mean, stay tuned and, uh, catch you on Wednesday. Ciao for now. This was all for today. Thanks so much for listening to Game Consultant. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. And remember, do share this podcast with other members of the games industry.